again today in Thanksgiving for that. Pauline was getting ready to do, I guess, the welcome and the offering, all that kind of stuff. We'll get to the offering later. Amen. And uh, she wasn't going to make it, so I just... Let's go to the Word of God. God wants to say something to us today. Acts chapter 2, please. Acts 2. Acts 2. We're going to read verses 1 through 4, and then we'll skip down to verse 16. Uh, actually, verse 14 through 21. So Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, and then we'll skip down to verse 14. Okay? Everybody have that? Well, y'all look good today. I just want to let you know that. You look good. You look like you're celebrating our uh, birthday today. Praise God. This is a big deal to us. Glory to God. All right, Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. Let's read together. Ready to read. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now let's drop down please to verse 14. Glory to God. Through verse 21, you got it? Okay, let's read. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see vision. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be saved. Glory to God. Talks about how in the beginning of this, we read in verse uh, 1 through 4 about how they spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Then down here in verse uh, 17, it talks about how God said, I'll pour my Spirit on all flesh. It says, your sons and daughters, they shall prophesy. Young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. On my men servants and on my maid servants, I'll pour my Spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Today I want to talk about, use this subject, the revelation age. The revelation age. The revelation age. Amen. We have already prayed. Thank you, Lord, again for the word we receive it with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Take your seats. The revelation age. Hallelujah. Now, we are living, uh, I don't know how many of you all uh, watch uh, on a regular basis or from time to time. Uh, Apostle Philip Derber, who was here a couple week, weeks ago, uh, if you watch his messages there from Frankfurt, he preached a series uh, on uh, perilous times and glorious times. In other words, that we are in, the, in, in, the, in a time where there are perilous things happening, but there are also glorious things happening. Amen? And we want to be on the glorious side of that. Amen? 
So I believe, and I'm going to try to explain and help us understand today, that we are in the most glorious time that man has ever known. Now, we are said to be living currently in what's called the information age. The information, information age. Uh, this is the age where uh, information, you've ever heard of something called the information superhighway. Uh, those of us who uh, are around, who've been around long enough to remember the days before uh, computers, or the days before the internet. I remember in middle school when computers were first becoming uh, closer to being a household item. That was a big deal to us. But computers in that day, they could fill a whole room like this just to calculate, you know, the, the speed of, of, of sound or whatever. It was just nothing. But now, you know, you've got computers in your hand. You know, those little cell phones you talk on, those are little small computers. And uh, information is out there everywhere. So they say we live in the information age. Now, if you remember, those of you who know your history, we, we went through a time called the Stone Age. We weren't there, but those of you who watched uh, the Flintstones know about the Stone Age. And then there was the Bronze Age, and we know about the Iron Age, and the Dark Ages, or the Middle Ages. Amen? Y'all remember that? And then we had uh, uh, the most recent, before we came into, the, into this information age, something called the Industrial Age. Remember with the advent of the Industrial Revolution? Y'all remember that? Okay, where we start getting all these different machines doing everything. But now we live in what's called, what they call the information age. All right. Now let's go to Hebrews chapter 11 because I want to show you something here. Because these ages never surprise God. Okay. Hebrews chapter 11 and uh, verse 3. Hallelujah. Are y'all tired? You, you okay? I know. All right. I know y'all been dancing and shouting and stuff like that. Let's get this word in here today. Hebrews 11 verse 3 says, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed. Now, let me just pause before I jump too fast. This, this is good because I just, this just came to me. By faith, we understand. You ought to at least highlight that in your Bible. By faith, we understand. I remember teaching that some time ago. By faith, we understand. Because that's going to be very critical to what I'm sharing with you today. By faith. So there are some things you can only understand by faith. Not by facts and figures, but by faith. All right. Remember, we're in the revelation age and this is going to help your faith out. All right. So by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. You got it. So things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So everything that's in the scene came from the unseen realm. Okay, now that's important, but that's not what I want to jig at here. I want to jig at this part here, uh, that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Can you give me the Amplified Bible for that same verse, please? All right, the uh, Amplified Bible is going to spell this something out. It says, by faith we understand that the worlds during these successive ages, okay, successive ages. I just showed you various ages, right? So successive ages were framed, fashioned, put in order and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God. You got it? Now, when you go back, you can, you can put the new King James back up there because it says by faith we understand that the worlds were framed. And so many people think that the worlds being uh, the cosmos, the planets and so forth, but that's not really what it is. That word worlds is a Greek word, uh, aeon. We, we, would, we would use the word eon, E-O-N. Y'all ever heard of that? Eon, okay. Which means this, it means forever. An unbroken age, keep that word in mind, age, perpetuity of time, eternity, the worlds, the universe, it includes that, 
but period of time and age. So more than, more than the worlds or the planets being formed, the universe being formed, the times were, were formed. You got it? Y'all with me? You got that? Okay, now it's very important that you all stick with me here, okay? So, because we're talking about revelation here. This is, a, this is so critical to this time because I don't want you to live in the information age. I want you to live in the revelation age. The Holy Ghost wants you to live in the revelation age. Okay? Now, go to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 24 here. Colossians chapter 1 verse 24. Because I'm going to show you that God had us in mind always. He planned the ages, okay? But we're in the greatest age ever. Glory to God. In fact, what you'll find is that what you see in the world is only a, a parallel to what the things that happen in the kingdom of God. Remember the thing we read in Hebrews 11 verse three, the things that were made were not made of things which do appear. That's what I think King James puts it that way. So, so we got to make sure we understand that the things we see happening in the world are only symbolizing, representing, mirroring, reflecting what things that are happening in the spiritual realm. And the spiritual realm is more important. It is, it is, it is, it is real. In fact, it's more real than the natural realm. And if you and I will learn how to operate in this spiritual, supernatural realm, it'll supersede anything that's happening in this natural realm. You got it? Glory to God. I want to get ahead of myself. Praise the Lord. Colossians chapter, chapter 1, please. Colossians 1, are you there? All right, verse 24. Verse 24 says, I now rejoice, this is Apostle Paul talking, in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church. This is our birthday, right? He says, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Now watch this, verse 26. The mystery which has been hidden from the eons, aeons, that word we read in the Greek, here it's, it's uh, correctly translated, it's the same word, ages. So notice here, glory to God, there's a mystery, or we can, we can even expand it to mysteries that have been hidden from ages. We can throw in the word past. And from generations. So there, there were ages, and within those ages, generations of people, who there were things that were hidden from them. Y'all got it? Okay. Hallelujah. But now, this is the exciting part here for, but now has been revealed to his saints. So, <laughs> y'all got to get this here. So, there are things that were hidden before from them for us because they were not living in the revelation age. They were living in the stone age. Or they were living in the iron age or the bronze age or the, uh, even worse, the dark ages. They couldn't see anything. 
and the things that, that they did see, they can only see and understand a certain amount. Even, even those who uh, serve God in the, in the word of God, in the Old Testament, every, everybody leading up to Jesus Christ, to his death, burial, and resurrection, they can only see so much. But they were not living in the revelation age. Oh, this will help two people here, I believe. He says, verse 27, to them, to them, to them, them saints, which we're included in, God willed to make known, not to hide anymore, to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is, here it is, here it is, bang, 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 wait, wait, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, bam! Christ in you, the hope of glory. <laughs> he said that, that was held back for ages and generations. Abraham didn't see it. Isaac didn't see it. Jacob didn't see it. David, as much as he served God in his generation, did not see it. They prophesied it. They, they saw in part. But now we, the saints of God, in the New Testament, in the, in the new era, this new age of the revelation, now everything that has been hidden is now open to be revealed unto the people of God. Can the church say amen? amen. All right, now, so we live in the revelation age. Everybody say, I live, I live. in the revelation age. So I should be, listen to this, listen to this, very important. I should be living, functioning, and triumphing by revelation knowledge. That's important. You can write it down. I should be living, functioning, and triumphing. Is that a word, triumphing? I think it is, it means to have victory. It is now, if it wasn't a word, I made it a word. By revelation knowledge. Now you got to get this here. Matter of fact, I, I just talked to you about this. You remember when uh, God created Adam and yes, in in, put him in the Garden of Eden, right? Yes, Adam, the Bible calls the son of God. Yes, Is that right? Yes. And Adam was made in God's image, image and likeness. likeness. Adam was, in fact, God of the earth. Lowercase g-o-d. Got it? So he's God of the earth. He's made in God's image. He's made in God's likeness. He is exactly like God in the earth. He's, he's a God-man. Y'all are struggling with this. He's a, he's a God-man. Okay? Now, how did Adam function on the planet? Like God. So Adam didn't have uh, Harvard or Yale or Princeton or Florida Annam University, Bethune-Cookman and Edward Waters and St. Petersburg College. He didn't have Lakewood High School. He didn't have, you know, any higher institution of learning. He didn't have any lower institutions of learning. Why? He didn't need them. Because he's God. 
Can y'all handle this here? Yes, he's, he's the act and live and function just like God. To operate just like God. And so Adam doesn't learn anything. He discerns everything. Right? Adam doesn't, he doesn't need an education. He's living on pure revelation. And doing like short, I mean, God put him in charge of taking this planet and making it look like heaven. Right? He put him in the Garden of Eden, which looks just like heaven. And he tells him, now I want you to dress it and keep it. I want you to take it and multiply, go all over this planet and make all the earth, because all the earth didn't look like the Garden of Eden, just the Garden of Eden looked like the Garden of Eden. So he's supposed to now take the Garden of Eden and duplicate it, replicate it actually, all over the earth. Right? And so he, he doesn't have any education. He doesn't go to any, uh, you know, uh, like I said, Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University. So he doesn't know anything about animals. But God brings all the animals by him to see what he called them. And whatever he called them, that was his name. Right? How did Adam know what to call it? Revelation, not education. He discerned something. He didn't have to learn anything. Right? But Adam sinned, committed high trees in the garden. And when he sinned, he fell from his, his divine estate into pure humanity. If, if, if he had not fallen, Adam could have just simply used his voice all over the planet and built, uh, he could have, and this is going to stretch to some of y'all, but if, you, if you've, if you've uh, been to Wakanda, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> he he could have built skyscrapers with his voice. I'm stretching y'all way. We better, we better go back and read about Mary had a little lamb or something like that. He's going to operate just like God. The only thing he knows, because he, remember, how did God create everything? God spoke the planets, the stars, the moon, the seas, the, the, the birds, the fish. That's how God created everything. So Adam's going to do the exact same thing. So Adam doesn't need, he doesn't need hammer and nail and shovels and, and, and screwdrivers. And he doesn't need a, a caterpillar, you know, machines. And he doesn't need, you know, bobcats. All he's going to do is say, speak, boom. Right? But he fell into sin. And because he, because he fell into sin, then he fell down from revelation down to information. He fell down from revelation down to education. He fell down from discerning everything to now having to learn everything. So now he has to live in the stone age. Well, he could have just said fire. Now he got to figure out how to get to some sticks, some rocks. Trial. See, are y'all hear what I'm saying to you? He got to figure out how to make fire. He's taller now. He got, he got to figure out now how, how, to, go, how to go get a, a stick and, and dig with some sticks now. Stone age. Stone age. 
He got to figure out how to make the animals work with him now to make stuff happen instead of just using his voice. Because Adam, oh God, Adam was born into a Sabbath rest. He was born into a Sabbath rest. That, am I right about it? Am I right about it? On the sixth day, God made man, and on the seventh day, God rested. So Adam was immediately placed in a Sabbath rest. Sabbath rest, it means no toil, no struggle. You just rest and enjoy everything. But the moment, the moment he got over into sin, he left Sabbath rest, and now here comes the Stone Age. So then now as men learn, they move from the Stone Age down to the uh, Bronze Age or the Iron Age. They're learning. Oh, we're learning. Okay, we figured out how to, we can dig out ore. And we can go make some stuff now. Now we're going to put together, now we got a, a hammer and an anvil and all this kind of stuff. Okay, we can be making stuff now. they like, we're so successful. Look at us. Look at what we're doing. We figured out how to, how to, how to, how to make a, a, a tea kettle and how to, you know, we figured out how to make an iron skillet. We can, now, we can now cook our meat. Before they wouldn't have had to cook no meat. But men are rejoicing at their progress. But their progress is still a digression. Or better put a regression from where they were. Their, their progress is still nowhere near where man's supposed to operate. But I wish I had some praying people in there, bro. <laughs> so they move. Now, now they get over. Oh, oh, we celebrate now. Now we've hit the industrial age. Look at us now. We got machines now. We can move stuff. You got cars. Look at us. Boom. We, can, we got cars, boy. We, now we got cars. They can go 250 miles an hour. Well, you know, woo. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yes. We can go fast. Now we can, we, can, we can get in a jet and fly now. We're in the industrial age. Look at what we can do. And yet, even flying on a jet at the sound of the speed of sound is still less than. Y'all gonna play with me this morning. Can you imagine going faster than the speed of sound? Yes, it's called the speed of light. They've, not, they, they've never built a machine that can go with the speed of light. And you and I were created from the beginning to move at the speed of light. Oh, you want an example? Remember in uh, Acts chapter eight, there was a man named Philip <laughs> he going on the road and he, he, he catches up first of all he running catches a chariot then he baptizes this, this Ethiopian eunuch goes down and, and when the Ethiopian eunuch comes out the water he's looking for Philip and Philip is not there Philip he gone he's in another a whole other city now he moved at the speed of light Jesus Christ the disciples out there in the middle of a storm on the water and, all, and the disciples out there, Jesus Christ, the Bible says he gets in the boat. And the moment Jesus Christ gets in the boat, the Bible says immediately they were at the other side. The speed of light. There's no machine that can do that. So what I'm telling you is that no matter how inventive people celebrate man's uh, ingenuity, look how smart we are. 
Look how brilliant man is. We've come up with all sorts of inventions and we become self-sustained to the point that men thumb their noses at God. We don't need God anymore because look at what we can do with all of our intelligence. Yet at man's highest level of invention, he's still eons behind. <laughs> the capacity that God created man to live and function and triumph in. That's why it's so important for us to realize that we are, we are to not get caught in the industrial age. Some people refuse to move into the information age. Y'all know anybody like that? They, 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 they're scared of an ATM machine and scared to swipe anything and they're scared of any technology. I'm going to break, you're not going to break nothing. They're scared of, people buy smartphones and all they do is still make phone calls and receive phone. That's all it, because they're scared of moving to the information age. But even if you are, uh, you know, a tech geek, I know some tech, techies in here, some geek squad people in here. But even with your information, you are eons behind. <laughs> because this, for the body of Christ, is not the information age. This is the revelation age. Oh, can you say amen today? Glory to God. Hallelujah. The devil wants to keep you living and depending on information. He wants to keep you living and depending on education. He wants to keep you walking by sight and your senses and not by faith. To live on information, you're walking by sight. You're walking by your senses and you're not walking by faith. Faith does not function by information. Faith doesn't function by anything in this sense realm. But faith needs a revelation of the unseen realm. Oh, I want you to write that last part down. Faith needs a revelation of the unseen realm. As a matter of fact, your faith cannot work until it gets a revelation of the unseen realm. So many people like to think they're walking in faith and they're not, they're not walking in faith. They're walking until they get the next report. They're going from report to report. They, they're not really, they, they, they call it faith, they're really just reacting to the last report. That's not faith. That's walking by sight. But faith needs a revelation of the unseen realm. Faith needs to see something. Get Hebrews 11 uh, verse 1 up there and amplified. Hebrews 11 verse 1 amplified. Glory to God. Hebrews 11 verse 1 amplified. Watch this here. Glory to God. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see. In other words, with this natural eye or sense realm, you can't feel, you don't feel healed. See, if you wait to say to feel healed before you say you're healed or confess you're healed or declare you're healed, then you're not in faith. You're reacting to your senses. 
That's why your faith isn't working because it's not actually faith. Faith grabs hold of something you do not see. It's the conviction of their reality. Watch this last line. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So faith has to grab hold of something that you can't see. Faith needs a revelation of the unseen realm. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Faith perceives as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. That's why the devil hates faith. That's why the devil hates the Holy Ghost. Did you hear what I said? Now, I love the Holy Ghost. How many of y'all love the Holy Ghost? I, I say good morning to the Holy Ghost every single morning. Just like I say good morning, Father, good morning, Jesus. I say good morning, Holy Ghost. Before I say good morning to my wife, I say good morning, Holy Ghost. Because he's real. He's in me. My, my wife is next to me, but the Holy Ghost is on the inside of me. I love the Holy Ghost. Everybody say, I love the Holy Ghost. But the devil hates the Holy Ghost. Why? It's because he knows that once the Holy Ghost comes into your life, you can go from education information back up to revelation. Which means, listen to this, now you can bypass his system. You can bypass Satan's fallen world, uh, fallen man system. Everything about this world is all based on man's uh, false information, based on what he's learned, what he's apprehended with his own limited intellect and knowledge. And they, they think they know things, but they don't know a thing. But when you get the Holy Ghost, now you can, you can rise above that system. Man, I'm trying to teach you here this morning. John 16, verse uh, 12. Let me just go there. John 16, verse 12. And uh, give me this in the King James Version, please. John 16, verse 12 through 14. Jesus says this. He says, I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Y'all see that? So Jesus said, there are things I want to say, but you can't handle it yet. He, you can't handle it yet. You know, you ever heard that, that movie, You Can't Handle the Truth? There are some truths that they couldn't handle. Because, and not, not because they weren't smart. It's because they were lacking a very important uh, component in their lives. He goes in to say in verse 13, how be it? Okay, now remember he just said you can't handle it now. How be it? Or, but wait. When he... The spirit of truth is come. So everything changes, right? When the Holy Spirit comes. He says he will guide you into all truth. Praise God. So he's going to do it. Glory to God. Because he's going to be on the inside of you. He's going to guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you. Wait, what did y'all just catch what he's saying? So he said the Holy Ghost is going to show you things to come. How, how could you function in your life if you knew what was coming? I better come on this side. How would you function in your life if you knew what was coming this week? You know, you know, you know the, reason, uh, the, the, the reason for people's angst, anxiety and worry and fear is because they don't know what's coming? 
So what would you do if you could know what was coming? Would you sleep a whole lot better at night? He says, and he will show you things to come. So part of Holy Spirit's job is to reveal things to come. Then he goes on to verse 14. He says, he shall glorify me for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. So he's going to take what's mine. Now, what is what is Jesus? What belongs to him? Everything. Everything. He's the heir of the whole world. So Jesus says the Holy Ghost is going to take everything that's mine and show it to you. Reveal it to you. New King James says, declare it to you. In other words, to show you, hey, this is yours too. Because not only is Jesus Christ an heir, but you and I are heirs. We are heirs of God and join us with Jesus Christ. So part of what the Holy Ghost job is, 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 is to be a tour guide uh, on, your, <laughs> on, on, on your life to come, on your, on your beautiful life. To show you what you don't know, to show you what is yours. Glory to God. Isn't that what, a, when you go and want to buy a house, uh, you, you normally, you, you, you solicit, solicit the services of a, of a real estate agent. Is that right? And uh, you ask them to show you around the house. Now, they're not the one buying the house. You're the one buying the house. But they're going to show you around. Here's the kitchen. Here's the, they, they're going to tell you all the little stuff. Now, you probably can't, don't notice, but there's a, there's a special little cupboard in here. That they're they're going to show you all the little ins and outs. Now, most times you're just so excited about the, the potential of buying a house, you're not even paying attention to all those little details. Not until later on, once you get in the house, you start saying, oh, that's right, they showed me this. See, when you first got saved, it should have been just the excitement of being saved. Oh, man. See, I got excited about being saved. But I've been saved almost 30 years. There's more to salvation than just being born again than just going to heaven. I found out there's some little hidden things over here that I don't even know I liked. There's some things over here I don't even know I wanted in a house, but it's included in the house. Oh my God. Everything you can want, everything you desire, everything you need is all included in the house. But what I need is the Holy Ghost to God to reveal, to show me some things that I didn't know. Oh, I love the Holy Ghost. Say it again. I love the Holy Ghost. All right, now let's go to Acts 2. Let's go to Acts 2. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Acts 2. Because Jesus said that when the Holy Ghost comes, he's going to show you some things. He's going to reveal some things. In other words, he's going to bring you into a revelation age. Is this making sense to you yet? I want you to understand by the Spirit of God the time you're living in. That you and I in the body of Christ are meant to operate and function on a higher level than our counterparts in the world. Are you hearing me on this? Well, we saw a glimpse of it in the Old Testament when Joseph was down there in Egypt. And uh, Joseph, he wasn't even in, even in this time we're talking about, but Joseph 
uh, knew how to access revelation from God. And when uh, the Pharaoh had a dream and all the Pharaoh's wise men, none of them could give the interpretation of it. Joseph got it. And that raised Joseph to a level above all those who had been his captors and those who had been his superiors. It raised him above all that. The same thing happened with Daniel. Am I right about it? When the people there in Babylon couldn't figure out what, what Nebuchadnezzar's dream meant, here comes uh, Daniel. God gives Daniel a revelation. The Holy Ghost shows him something. And because of that, he was raised to a level higher than that of his captors, of his superiors. I'm telling you, if you would listen and grab a hold of what the Holy Ghost is saying and doing and showing in your life, it'll raise you to a level in your life higher than those who have been superior to you your whole life. On any job, in any industry, in any school, in any career, no matter what you're doing, God can raise you up to a higher level. You're not meant to be the bottom. You're meant to be on top. And the Holy Ghost's job is to help you get there. I said the Holy Ghost's job is to help you get there. Because you can't get there by yourself. Well, I can get intellect. They can get intellect. I go to school. They go to the same schools. But God wants to show you something that they can't find in school. He wants, oh my God, give you something that they can't get in the university. Going for my masters. He's the master of the universe. Now, nothing wrong with getting your masters. But I'm talking about there's a, there's a, there's a, oh my God. You have access to a wisdom that they're not teaching at University of Phoenix. You can't get it at Capella University. You can't get it at Wharton School of Business. You got to get on your knees. You got to get in your closet. You got to get in your face and say, God, reveal, show me something. You're living in the revelation age. You're living in the revelation age. Glory to God. I think I heard the word came this morning that we graduating, right? <laughs> now, when you graduate from high school, you're going uh, supposedly to a, a, an institution of higher learning. Am I right about it? Now, you don't have to. You can, you can graduate uh, high school. You know, that's why one of the reasons why they, they got to have kindergarten graduations. Because now a lot of kids, they don't ever make high school graduations. So at least they have one on their belt. <laughs> they got one cap and gown picture, praise the Lord. But you graduate high school, you don't have to go on to higher learning. You can go right off in the workforce. And you can work. But that level of education, I'm just talking about in the world system here. I'm talking about the world. That level of education only, only uh, gives you a certain, it, it'll give you a ceiling if you allow that on what you can do and where you can go. I'm just talking about natural. And I, I know you can start your own business. I ain't, you know me. I'm, I don't think any, I don't really, really nobody should have to go to college to me. You should only go to college if it's mandatory for your vocation. Especially if you got to pay for it. Because God can give you a business while you're in high school. I mean, come on. All right. So, but let me just say this. So, but if you want to, 
uh, if you want to raise your ceiling, you have to go to an institution of higher learning. You can go and get some sort of certification. Or you can go and get an associate's degree. Or you can go, if you want to keep raising your ceiling, you can go get a bachelor's degree. You can go get a master's degree. You can go get a doctorate. You can go get several doctorates. And the more you do in this system here, the higher you raise your ceiling. But there's nothing in this world system that can take the ceiling completely off the building. Like the Holy Ghost. I go to the school of the Holy Ghost. Everybody say, I go to the school of the Holy Ghost. HGU. Established eternity. <laughs> What's your frat? Alpha Omega? That's I'm Alpha Omega. The beginning and the end. The first and the last. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can go online. Online Holy Ghost University. Right now you're just on campus right now today. That's what you're here for. You're on campus today. You're in class. Come on, say I love the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Now let's look at Acts 2. Let's, let's go to Acts 2 here. I'm going to show you a couple things here. Then I'll get out of your way. You can go and enjoy your Pentecost dinner. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is it. Acts 2. And it talks about here, the notice this, this phrase, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Now, just to make sure everybody's up to speed here, this day of Pentecost was part of what's called the Feast of Pentecost. Okay? If you know anything about Pentecost, Pentecost uh, was the second major feast among God's, the Lord's feast of the Jews. You remember that? Yeah. Remember the first feast was the feast of Passover, yeah. right? And then from the feast of Passover, uh, you have the, the next major feast is the feast of, of Pentecost or feast of weeks, as it's called in the, in the Jewish uh, faith, the feast of weeks. And feast of weeks because uh, they count 50 days, seven weeks, then a day. So the, the Passover is when Jesus Christ was uh, crucified, right? Raised from the dead. So 50 days from that time is today, right? Some of y'all remember Easter, what y'all call Easter, uh, that day. 50 days later, which is seven weeks plus a day today. Now, so Pentecost was not new. They always celebrated Pentecost or the Feast of Weeks in the Jewish faith. All right. So 50 weeks. Uh, rather, rather um, 50 days after Passover. Okay, and you'll find, if you want to read information about it, you'll find it in, in Leviticus 23, Numbers 28, as well as Deuteronomy chapter 16. You can read all about this, these feasts that the Lord said are his feasts forever. All right, so those feasts don't end. Amen? A little more about this. Uh, those, those three feasts actually uh, were, were symbolic and were pictures of something to be fulfilled in the future. So the feast of Passover was a picture of the resurrection of, 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 the, of the death of Jesus Christ. 
Remember the angel was coming through Egypt? Said when I see the, God said, when I see the blood of that lamb, I'll pass over you. Jesus Christ was, became for us, that sacrificial lamb. Got it? Thank you, Lord. So he became our breakout seed, our Passover lamb. So that, the feast of the Passover, was fulfilled at Calvary. Now they keep it forever, they celebrate it forever, but it, it, it got its fulfillment at the cross. Okay, the next feast being the Feast of Weeks, or which was also called Pentecost, was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. The Feast of Weeks was a feast where they celebrated the, the gathering of their harvest. You got it? And so uh, they bring an offering to God to celebrate the harvest that they, that they had gotten to when they first were to get into their promised land. So when the Holy Ghost came, it was symbolic of us entering now into our promised land. Got it? So the Feast of Passover has already been fulfilled. The Feast of Weeks has been fulfilled. The third feast is called the Feast of Tabernacles. That's the Feast of Ingathering. That's the last one that's waiting to be fulfilled. That feast will be fulfilled when Jesus Christ cracks the sky. That's the last one, and it won't be long now. It won't be long now. It's the Feast of Ingathering. It's, in fact, the, those of you who've been in a while, we've been celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. You know, it comes after Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Y'all know that? Rosh Hashanah is, another name for Rosh Hashanah is the Feast of Trumpets. The Bible says, when the last trump shall sound, then the dead in Christ are going to rise, then we who are alive and remain will be going to be caught up. So the rapture is going to be a celebration of that Feast of Trumpets, and when we're raptured, raptured up, that's the Feast of Ingathering. And it won't be long now. Won't be long at all. Glory to God. How do we know? The Jews just completed their 70-year cycle on Monday. This just this past Monday. The Jews, they, they became a nation again 70 years ago, May 14th. And your whole Bible, all of your Bible uh, prophecy hinged upon that one, that one day. And it was fulfilled May 14th. 70 years, 1948. So here we are 70 years later and the U.S. officially opens its embassy on that exact day. Y'all better, you better recognize y'all watching uh, American Idol and stuff. You better watch and see what's happening. You better watch that fig tree. That's what the Bible says. Keep your eyes on that fig tree. That's Israel. See, so this past Monday marked, all right, we're in the last phase now. All right, that's one other thing. That we're in the last phase. See, that's something to be excited about. That's why your Bible says, look up for your redemption draws nigh. That's why we say, even so, come Lord Jesus. He's coming soon, amen? All right, let me, let me hurry on. That's just a side note here. Okay, so here's the day of Pentecost. Look at Acts 2, verse 1. Acts 2, verse 1. It says here, and uh, when that day had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now, watch this, verse 2. And suddenly... There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. What filled the whole house? That sound. It said there came a sound from heaven 
as of a rushing mighty wind, and it, that sound, filled the whole house. How do I know? Because if you were to look down at verse 6, it says, and when this sound occurred. See, that sound was heard. That's a sound heard all the way around the world. Okay? Now, I want you to mark something here. That word sound is the Greek word echoes. E-C-H-O-S. S echoes. Put it on the screen for me, please, media. Echoes. All right? It's a Greek word, Strong's number G2279. Echoes. So it says that there came a sound, a noise. It's spoken of the roar of the sea waves. A rumor. Here's a word I want you to focus on, a report. So they came, there came a sound. So when the Holy Ghost came, he came with a sound. But he's bringing a report. Revelation. This marked the age, the beginning of the Revelation age, ladies and gentlemen. Are y'all hearing this? How do I know? Because if you keep, re keep reading from verse 2, it says, verse 3, Then there appeared to them divided or cloven tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. Okay? Then verse 4, And they were all filled with who? The The Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's important. Because remember now, that sound is an echo. Now what does echo, what do echoes do? They just repeat. It, it just reverberates the same sound into perpetuity. If you were in a canyon, you could just, hello, and that, it would just go, hello, 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 hello. And to you, it's like, okay, it stopped. It didn't stop. It's still going. <laughs> it's just the waves, are because these are the sound waves. And it's left now your hearing. So when there's a sound that comes from heaven, it's an echo from heaven. And that's why when they're filled with the Holy Ghost, now they begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance. So now they're going to echo the sound they hear. Oh, Jesus, help me, help me Lord. Because look at this, verse 5, there, there was dwelling in Jerusalem, uh, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. Verse 6, when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because, watch this, everyone heard them, these people who were filled, speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and, and, and marveled, saying to one another, look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And watch this, verse 9, verse 8. And how is that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from uh, Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. Now watch verse 11. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. Now, how are they speaking the wonderful works of God? Because the Holy Ghost is speaking and they are echoing the sound. But he's so, I'm about to say bad, he's so awesome 
that he can give the same sound and an echo in different languages. Now that just, you got to explain that to me. You got to, I've not seen in our industrial or information age anything that can go out in every language from one wave. This is Holy Ghost revelation. Now the key is verse 11. Verse 11. They said, we hear them speaking in our own language, in our own tongues. So their hearing is a revelation. You understand? This is not natural. Don't think of this as natural. Because these Galileans are speaking other tongues. They could be speaking in tongues of angels. Tongues of men. And now, how are these Galileans speaking other tongues? What made it so amazing to the people who are listening? They're like, these are Galileans. They, they've not been to any higher learnings to learn Cretan. They've not learned Arabic. They've not learned Elamite language. How do they learn that language? Come on, y'all. I got any tongue talkers in here. You didn't learn your language. You are speaking as the Holy Ghost gives you utterance. Everybody say utterance. In fact, that word utterance, get get that word utterance. Uh, Don't ask me to to pronounce this. I'm going to try. Apoph the Gamai. Apoph the Gamai. Which means to speak out, speak forth, to pronounce, not a word of everyday speech. I'm talking about utterance here. Not everyday speech. Not something you learn on your own here. Glory to God. But one or speech belonging to dignified and elevated discourse or or, or information from a higher level. That you don't get just by reasoning. You don't get just by learning. You don't get by human education. You get this from a higher place. Glory to God. Are y'all still with me here? All right. Let me turn this thing here. We can finish for you here. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Now, so they hear these people talking here. Now, down in verse 14, Peter standing up. Oh, matter of fact, let me not go past verse 12. Verse 12, so they were all amazed, perplexed, saying to one another, what could this mean? Verse 13, others mocking said they are full of new wine, okay? And now verse 14, Peter standing up with the eleven raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose. They're not drunk, they are drunk, I taught y'all that. But not as you suppose since it's only the third hour or it's only 9 a.m. All right, you don't get drunk before 9 a.m. You don't even drink before 9 a.m. Well, Uncle Junebug, okay. He says, but this is what, or King James said, this is that. I like how King James said, this is that. Tell your neighbor, this is that. I love that because this is something that's been prophesied hundreds of years before. And he says, hey, this is that. <laughs> there, there's going to come a day when you're going to look at your life and say, oh, this is that. God said that 10 years ago. This is that. Here it is. He said, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Now, I want to show you this here in my my last few few minutes here. He says, 
And it shall come to pass in the what days? In the last days. So Joel, if you were to go back to Joel, don't do it. Just but write it that you can do it later. Joel chapter two. And you start around verse 28. It'll talk about and it shall come to pass after afterward. I'll put my spirit out. And that's what he goes to this whole teaching. So now Peter's going. He's quoting this here. He says, it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Everybody say on all flesh. So notice something's going to happen in the last days. Now in the last days, now get, get me, please hold that there, but give me 2 Timothy 3 on the screen, please. 2 Timothy 3, real quick. Glory to God. I got to try to hurry up. 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 through 5. Glory to God. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Okay, so there's a prophecy that Joel made about the last days, but there's now a prophecy Paul makes about the last days. So we got one thing going to happen, glorious in the last days, but at the same time, Paul is saying there's going to be some perilous times in the last days. Okay, he says in the last days, perilous times will come, verse 2, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, keep going, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, keep going, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God. Verse 5, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people, turn away. Now I went through that real quick but you can just read in your own time to, to really dig into it. But I can summarize all that to say that this will be a time of the flesh. Everything we just read verses one, verse uh, 2 through 5 there is talking about flesh because it says they have a form of godliness but they deny the power thereof or they deny its power. So that's flesh driven. Would you, would you recognize out there in the world that most people that you see out there they are flesh driven? They do whatever their flesh, they follow the dictates of their flesh. But at the same time, there are flesh-driven people. God is raising up spirit-led people. Your word says the flesh profits nothing. It's the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. So if at the same time there are flesh-driven people as there are spirit-led people, who should be the ones profiting? Who should be the ones on top? Who should be the ones running the show? The spirit-led people. So it doesn't matter that all these flesh-driven people are doing the whatever they feel like doing. Don't you focus on that. You get over here and let the Spirit of God lead you and guide you by revelation. While they're tripping and choking on information, you and I ought to be thriving and living of revelation. Y'all got this here? Glory to God. So in the last days, so perilous times, and so there are some spiritual people who are happening, going through the same thing. Look at it, Acts 2, Acts 2, verse 16. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Verse 17, it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Everybody say on all flesh. All flesh. So we all know, already know that this is now beyond just the Jews. Yes. 
This is now all Gentile flesh. This is Jews, Gentile, this is white, this is black, this is European, this is African, this is Hispanic. Doesn't matter where you are, where you're from, male and female, he's pouring out of his spirit on all flesh. So anybody can receive. So anybody can receive. Anybody who would receive can walk in divine revelation. So now this divine revelation that has been hidden for ages is no longer hidden, is now available to anyone who walk in it and receive it. Tell your neighbor, anybody. That's good to know here, anybody. Because there, there are things that go on in, in the world that you and I are not privy to. Am I right about it? You and I don't have top secret clearance into everything that's going on. We don't know all the kind of things that are, that are, are being conspired right now while we're sitting in church. There are things that they're meeting in back rooms and meeting on the golf course where it's dry. You know, they're, they're meeting and making decisions, but it, none of that matters because you and I have access, divine, direct access to revelation from God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Are y'all hearing me today? Praise God. Praise God. So he says this is going to fall on all flesh. So now this brought about in verse 17, the age of revelation. So that means we no longer be limited to education or information. We now are going to see where we have access to, to revelation. Now watch this. He says, because when I pour my spirit out on all flesh, out of my spirit on all flesh, he says, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. So one of the signs or the marks of the revelation age is that our sons and our daughters are going to prophesy. They're going to speak some things that they didn't learn from school. They didn't learn off the television. They didn't learn off YouTube. They're going to speak some things that God spoke to them in the dark. God spoke to them in the night. He spoke to them in the secret place and they revealed what God has shown them. He says, your sons and your daughters. Now you all, some of you, you have sons and daughters, but you are also sons and daughters. So from generation to generation, from the time this verse was spoken and, and became fulfilled, every generation we should be having people who prophesy every generation. This word prophesy simply means to utter forth. It means to declare. It's to declare a thing which can only be known by divine revelation. So let's talk about this is secrets. These are mysteries. A mystery is something concealed. Revelation is simply something revealed. So there are things that have been concealed now from humanity with all their intellect, but they are revealed to us, the sons and daughters of God. Glory to God. So he says, now watch this. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. So everybody say this. Say our sons and daughters, sons and daughters shall, prophesy. shall prophesy. They're going to speak some things. They're going to utter some things that can only be known by divine revelation. One of my prayers for my children, one of my prayers for all of our children, all of us, because you all are still God's sons and daughters, is that we don't allow the world to prophesy to us, but we rise up and we prophesy to the world. That we tell the world, thus said the Lord. 
glory. There's nothing more important. I don't care what you want to achieve in this life. I don't care what degrees you seek. I don't care what, what uh, sports you want to play. There's nothing more important than being in line with divine revelation because when you get divine revelation, you can utter things that nobody else can know. Everybody say the age of revelation. So he says to prophesy. They shall prophesy. Now this is because the spirit of God is poured out. Then he says, your young men shall see visions. Your young men shall see visions. Then he says, your old men shall dream dreams. Well, what's the difference in visions and dreams? Let's look at this word visions. This word visions literally means an appearance. This is, this is good here. It's a visible form. An appearance divinely granted in a trance or dream. Okay, now this is important because you got to know this difference between a vision and a dream. In fact, give me the word dream. Give you, watch this. Dreams, when it says they'll dream dreams, these are divinely suggested dreams while sleeping. Y'all wake up. Which require divine interpretation. So, there's two ways here. Dreams, you're asleep. And you see a picture and you need interpretation because the picture is not clear. There are symbols. That doesn't happen to anybody in here. Maybe, maybe it's just me. You dream and you, you know this wasn't just a, a you know, pizza late at night dream. Yeah, it stirred you. This dream you woke up, I mean, it was so vivid. You know this must have been a divinely suggested dream. Okay? Which requires divine interpretation, which means you don't say, oh, I had a dream about fish, and that means somebody getting pregnant. That's stupid. Let's leave all that stuff back, at, back in Georgia. Okay? <laughs> Scratch your hand. I mean, got money coming. That's all. Take that stuff back to Alabama, y'all. Come on. <laughs> when a, I told you about Joseph interpreting dreams for Pharaoh. I told you about uh, Daniel interpreting dreams for, Dan, for uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Because when you have a divinely suggested dream, it requires a divine interpretation. It requires you, okay, God, I saw something and it was, it was different. So I got to sit down with God now because I understand there's something he's trying to say to me. Okay, now, remember your old men going to dream dreams, but it says your young men shall see visions. Go back to that word visions, please. That word visions is appearance, visible form. Okay, this is beyond a dream. It can happen in a dream, but visions, something or someone appears to you. And they're going to be either an angel or the Lord, not your grandmother. I want to make sure I, I make that clear to you. Not, 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 your, not your, your great granddaddy. No, no, not that. Not that. No, because you get into all that kind of stuff, you're going to be led down a bad path. You're going to get over to something called familiar spirits. And you're going to have yourself in a world of mess because your grandma showed up in a dream. And my grandma died 20 years ago. And I saw my grandma came in my room. That was just old memories. Yeah. 
Because God doesn't speak to you through your grandma. That's not how God, that's not, tell your neighbor that's not how it works. Tell your neighbor that's not how it works. That's not how it works. I know that's hard to hear, but that's not how it works. Yeah. Stop watching Crossing Over and all them old crazy TV shows that you're trying to talk to dead people. Stop doing that. The, the, the Bible calls that ne uh, necromancy. It's evil. And it said anyone to do that be put to death. Okay? So when the Lord wants to give a message to you, like he did Mary, like he did Joseph, he'll send an angel to appear to you. It may be in a dream or it may be when you're in a trance. Now I'm not talking about you smoking that chronic and you high. I'm talking about you. <laughs> y'all know about that chronic, any y'all? That's what I said, chronic. <laughs> I went way back on y'all just then. I'm not talking about you. You're fasting, praying. You're in tune with God like Peter was when he was sleeping on that roof and he fell into a trance and God showed him something. So it says here, they'll appear in an uh, appearance. So we live in an age where God can bring you direction, warning, or instruction, either an angel or the Lord himself will appear to you. In fact, I know this is true because we're getting reports now all over from, from the Muslim world of Muslims talking about how Jesus Christ is showing up. People who don't believe in Christ because their whole Bible or their whole Quran teaches that there is no Christ. God had never had a son. They don't believe in Jesus Christ. But they're saying all of a sudden, Jesus Christ himself is showing up to them in their rooms and causing them to confess he is Lord. That means nobody it has to evangelize. This is a divine appearance of Jesus Christ himself. Somebody prayed. But whereas the missionaries couldn't get in lest they be killed, there's no sword that can stop Jesus from showing up. There's no wall. There's no locked door that can stop Jesus Christ from showing up in a room. So I gotta tell you this here. So any of you that's been praying for your child to get saved, any of you that's been praying for your children <laughs> to receive Jesus Christ, to get a real relationship with him, I mean, they might be in church, Shantae, but you want them to have a real relationship. Start praying, Lord, show my son a vision. Lord, show my daughter. She's out there buck wild, but Lord, show her a vision. See, because it says here, verse 17, I'll pour my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. You, see, you're thinking the spirit has to be poured out on them for them to see the vision. He's just introducing a time. Y'all can, can swallow that. He's introducing a time, of revel, a revelation time. 
He's pouring out. So he's got to sometimes show up to them in a vision to get them to verse 21. That's the whole point. Is to get him and everybody else to verse 21 where it says, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. All the visions and all the dreams and all the prophecy is to get people to call on the Lord. How shall they call on him in whom they've not heard? So somebody's got to preach it. And if, you, if you've been preaching it over and over again, trying to tell them, tell them, son, here, daughter, daughter, here, child, here, man, mama, somebody, hear me. God will say, chill, I got it. I'm going to show up myself. They can't lock me out. They can't block my number on the cell phone. I'm going to show up myself in a vision or in a dream. Uh, some of y'all ought to start praying for your children. Lord, you ought to start praying for your uncles and your auntie. Lord, show up. Show up at the party. Use your finger and write on the wall. Tell them I'm here, I'm alive. This is what visions and dreams are, ladies and gentlemen. It's a time of revelation. It's something coming out of the spiritual realm, the unseen realm, that now invades the natural realm. Are y'all seeing this here? All right, I'm, I'm, I'm finished here, man. It says, so, so they're going to prophesy. He says they're going to see visions and they're going to dream dreams. Give me that same verse in verse 17 amplified real quick, please. 17 amplified. Says that it shall come to pass in the last days, God declares that I will pour my, of my spirit upon all mankind, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, telling forth the private, the divine counsels, and your young men shall see visions, divinely granted appearances. You see that? Yes. And your old men shall dream, divinely suggested dreams. You see how this is happening? God knows how to suggest stuff in a dream. Matter of fact, give me Job 33. Give me Job 33. Job 33, verse 14 through 18. Glory to God. Job 33. Let me get there. Job 33. Y'all got five more minutes? Job 33. Hallelujah. Job 33 and verse, uh, what I tell you? Verse 14. I want 14. I might have told y'all 13, but I want 14. Verse 14. For God may speak in one way or in another, yet a man does not perceive it. Y'all see that? So God may speak in one way or another, but yet man, he don't, he don't hear it. Y'all got anybody you've been praying God talk to them and they won't hear it? Verse 15, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering on their beds, verse 16, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. So if God can't get to them while they're awake, while they're conscious, while they're... And there's something to tell the truth that you and I get so busy, he can't get to us. So he has to say, go to sleep. And when we're out, <laughs> he'll speak to us, he'll open our ears and seal our instructions. Now watch verse 17. Watch this. In order to turn man from his deed and conceal proper man, he keeps back his soul from the pit 
and his life from perishing by the sword. So here you go. You go along and you, you in love. I found somebody. And you're in love. You thinking everything's going well. Because, you know, they got a nice suit on. Or she's fine. And she can cook biscuits. And you think, Lord, this has got to be the one. She's got good biscuits. No, from scratch biscuits. But you're not flesh driven. You're spirit led. So what God will do is sometimes I know this happened to somebody because it happened to me. He'll bring a vision or dream in the night and show you something. He reveals some things to you in order to keep you keep back your soul from the pit. See, you going along like, oh, ain't she fine? Ain't she fine? Oh, she's so nice. Oh, this is going to be, a, I got a good one, Lord. She's, oh, she's everything. And God said, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. uh-uh. I, got, I got to show you something. Because right now your nose wide open, but your eyes are closed. Your nose is open, but your eyes are closed. So I got to wait till you, till you go to sleep, and I'm going to show you something. I remember one time I was, I was counseling. I was counseling a couple. They were thinking about getting married. And uh, I'm sitting there. I'm like, well, I, I don't. Oh, no. But I, I, couldn't, I couldn't put my finger on it. But I'm a man of God. And, uh, and I prayed for the people. I said, oh, Lord, something wrong. And, uh, but you know, Sometimes, most time people come from, from marital counsel, they already gonna get married. They're just, you know, trying to save $15 on the license. Um, yeah, I might as well give you $15, just, just go do it. But, um, but then the Lord showed me a dream. A, a clear dream about the guy. I mean, a clear. It was so clear, boy. I said, whoa, okay, Lord, I got it. I got it. And so I went, I tried to warn the girl. Not only don't marry him, leave him now. Leave him now. She didn't. She didn't listen to me. She stayed with him. Now, they never got married, thank God, because it all fell apart. Like, I knew it was going to fall apart. But not before. Now it's, you got a baby and... So now you got to deal with him the rest of your life. Whether you want to or not. Because God knows how to speak in visions and dreams. And if you are saying, God, before I sign on the dotted line. God, before I make this big move. God, before I choose this house or this university or this, this, this car or this spouse or whatever it is I'm about to do, before I make a mess, Lord, keep me from the pit. Keep my soul from going through hell. And my life from perishing by the sword. And the Bible says in this revelation age, he'll show you visions and dreams. 
Y'all got it? All right, let me finish here. Let me finish here. Glory to God. So prophecies and visions and dreams are all echoes from heaven. They're echoes from heaven. Now, Acts 2, verse 18, last one. Last one. It says here, and on my men servants and on my maid servants, I'll pour my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Now, I want you to notice something very different here. In verse 17, he says, on your sons and your daughters, your young men and your uh, old men. But here in verse 18, he says, and on my men's servants and on my maid servants. It's not your men's servants and your maid servants. This is God's, his messengers. So this is not talking about now the general population of the body of Christ. This is now God talking about his ministers, his messengers, which if you notice, they are men's servants and maid servants. So in this revelation age, God is not some uh, only women can preach, only men can preach God. He says, on my men's servants and my maid servants, he says, I'm going to pour my spirit, not of my spirit, I'm going to pour my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. And they shall prophesy. So now what are we talking about here? We're talking about God's messengers, his ministers being spirit-filled. And when a minister of God is spirit-filled, when a minister of God is spirit-led, you don't get a sermon. You get a message. Remember these are all echoes. And what's happened in the body of Christ is the body of Christ has dropped ministers have dropped back down to an information age and getting their sermons online. Buying their sermons in the bookstore. And the people are not being fed. They're they're not getting revelation. They're getting hyped up information. Put together in a beautiful way. Put Put to music. But it's just information. And you can't excel. You can't overcome. You can't apply faith to information. Faith needs revelation from God. Faith needs a message from the Holy Ghost. So that's why God says in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit on your, on my men's service and on my maid service and they shall prophesy. They're going to speak divine utterance. They're going to say what I give them to say. They, they're going to come to you not with a sermon, not about three points in a poem, but they're going to give you what thus said the Lord. And when you get a man or a woman before you and they give you a thus said the Lord, you can bank on it. You can run with it. It's going to work out just fine. to be one of God's men servants. Who I don't look for a sermon. I need a word from God. So what happens? When they prophesy, when we prophesy, all those in turn who hear true messengers operate on, at an advantage. Because you can live now on revelation as opposed to just information. You can operate on Revelation as opposed to just education. Because it says they shall prophesy. Well, I thought you just preach. Preaching in its truest form is prophetic. Preaching in its truest form has, it must be prophetic. 
It is not just gathering information and, and giving you a book report on Sunday. You can do your own book report. You're educated. It must be a message that comes from God. Divinely inspired. That's why I love it when I, got up, I get up here and God, I, I got something written out and the Holy Ghost takes me a different direction. He said, no, say this. Because you know you get it fresh from God. Not some canned tuna message. It's God speaking to you directly. And when that comes, it's coming to give you a distinct advantage over the world. When I'm preaching, in, in anybody preaching in proper, proper form, they are prophesying to you. You understand that? There's a scripture I want you to read. Put on the screen, please. You don't have to turn to it. First, First Thessalonians 5.20. First Thessalonians 5.20. I want you to see what this says here. First Thessalonians 5.20. Says, do not despise prophecies. So don't despise prophetic preaching. Mm. Well, I can just get another time. No, don't despise it. Don't, don't think little of it. Don't, don't, don't cast this aside. Oh, man. I should have said this early before people walked out. I should have said, don't walk out on it. Your grits and eggs are not more important than the word of God. Your chicken and collard greens are not more important than the word of God. When you despise prophecy, you are, you are cutting off the flow of revelation to your own life. What you're saying is, I can make it off my information. I can make it off my, off my education. And you cannot. You cannot. Your education will get you just further in debt. It'll get you just deeper and deeper in debt. Deeper and deeper in that, in, that, in that medical system. But you want to get healed? You need a revelation. You want to get out of debt? You need a revelation. <laughs> you want your, your children saved? Your degree ain't going to do that, baby. You need a revelation from God. Second Chronicles 36. 2 Chronicles 36. Can I have five more minutes? I know I asked for five minutes earlier. Just give me five more minutes. I'm going to just read this. I'm going to just read it. I'm going to just read it. Second Chronicles 36, verse 11. See, y'all ain't going to walk out now because I already said something. Second Chronicles 36. <laughs> let, me, let me read it real quick. Watch this, verse 11. It says, Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. He did evil in the sight of the Lord his God and, and did not humble himself before Jeremiah the prophet, who spoke from the mouth of the Lord. So Jeremiah wasn't just a preacher. He was a prophetic preacher. Verse 13, also he, Zedekiah, rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who had made him swear on an oath by God, but he stiffened his neck and hardened his heart against turning to the Lord God of Israel. That's what people do. Moreover, all the leaders of the priests and the people transgress more and more according to all the abominations of the nations and defile the house of the Lord, which he had consecrated in Jerusalem. Watch verse 15 and 16, please. And the Lord God of their fathers sent warnings to them by his messengers, rising up early and sending them because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they mocked the preachers. 
the prophets, the messengers, despised his words and scoffed at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord rose against his people till there was no remedy. So God's prophets, his men and women of God were trying to bring the word Warning them, no, don't do this. Don't go there. Hey, go this way. Thus say the Lord. Here's this. But oh, we'll need to hear that. Shut up, you old preacher. We'll, we, 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 got our, we got it going on. We already got a plan over here. We know what we're doing. So God said, I had enough. So he let him go until there was now no remedy. No remedy. Which means the word of God is coming to bring you a remedy. The word of God, the revelation is coming to bring you a cure for what ails you. So don't despise it. All right, Acts 9, 31. Now we're going to do the flip of that, right? Acts 9, 31. You want to know how to walk prosperously? You want to know how to walk prosperously? Acts 9, verse 31. We're in the revelation age here, right? Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace. That word peace is the Greek word irene. Y'all know that word? It's talking about uh, being uh, just like shalom. Nothing missing, nothing lacking or broken. You're prospering here. The churches had peace and were edified, built up, established. And now watch this. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. They were edified. Or they were multiplied. So they increased because they walked in the fear of the Lord and the comfort. That word comfort literally means exhortation or direction. So they prospered. They multiplied because they allowed the Lord, the Holy Ghost, to lead them. And so you and I, if we want to prosper, if we want to multiply and increase, we need to let the Holy Ghost lead us. He'll do that because this is the revelation age. All right. John 16, verse 7, my last one. My last one. I want you to look at what Jesus Christ said. Jesus Christ said this to us. John 16 and verse 7. Jesus says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. But if I depart, I will send him to you. A little less than 50 days ago, 2,000 years ago, he departed. So that on this day, more than 2,000 years ago, the comforter could come, the helper could come. And when he came, he brought the revelation age for the body of Christ for us to walk into. To notice what it says in here, to give us an advantage. Give me the same verse in Amplified and we'll quit. Amplified. See if you can read that. However, I'm telling you nothing but the truth. When I say it is profitable, good, expedient, advantageous for you that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the comforter, now watch this, the counselor, here's, here's what the Holy Ghost is doing for you. Counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, Strengthener, stand by. Now, how you gonna lose when you got all that on your side? Counselor, 
You know what a counselor does? Yeah. Counselor is not, you know, because um, something's going wrong trying to make you feel better. A counselor is, get, he gives you advice. People get financial counselors. The Holy Ghost knows how to, how to get you out of debt, over in abundance. He knows how to increase and expand your business. He knows how to, how, to, how to give you parental advice and wisdom and counsel. He's a counselor, helper, helper, help me. Help me in anything. What you need help with? Everything, Lord. He'll help you. Advocate, which means he's on your side. He's fighting for you, right? Intercessor, he's praying for you on your behalf. Standing before God for you. Strengthener and standby. You and I have no, no need to ever be weak and down when he's there for us. Stand by, waiting. Stand by us, amen? We'll not come to you into close uh, fellowship with you, but if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. But what is he doing? He's bringing us, or he has brought us into the revelation age. I'm, I'm asking you, as your man of God, don't shrink back to information. Don't shrink back to education. Well, the doctor said this. They're, they're operating on information. They're giving you the best that they can based on their education. I don't fault them for that. What I'm saying is, though, you have a way to, to access something higher and greater that it, you, can, you can amaze your doctors. You can amaze your doctors. You can amaze all those prognosticators who spoke evil and said, you're going to be broken because you know you come from a black family or you come from a black neighborhood or you don't have enough education. Man, God take you way above all that stuff because you have, you're in the age of revelation. Glory to God. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much today for the Holy Ghost who is our counselor our helper, our advocate, our standby, our strengthener, our intercessor, our everything. Thank you, Lord, that when he came and you sent the Holy Ghost, you brought us into a different era, a different time, a different age. You brought us in reality back to Eden, back to Adam's level. Back to that place where we don't have to learn, we just discern. Where we don't live by education or information, we live by revelation. Thank you for education. Thank you for giving us opportunity to, to educate ourselves and to have intellect. But God, we don't rely on that, we rely on you. We don't walk by sight or our senses, we walk by faith. And so, dear God, I ask you that for every one of these, your precious people, that we would, we would know how to receive revelation from you. I pray that God, this will be our greatest hour of visions and dreams. God, someone needs direction from you, Lord. I pray for visions and dreams. Someone in this room needs a warning. I pray for visions and dreams. Someone, Lord, is praying for their child, for their loved one to turn around on the road that they're on. I pray for visions and dreams. I pray, Lord, that you raise us up to prophesy to our nation, 
that we will not allow Wall Street or Madison Avenue or Hollywood or Washington DC to prophesy to us, but that we'll prophesy to this nation and to this people of this world what thus said the Lord. And that God, that I, we even pray that God, that people would not despise that which comes out of our mouths. That God, let none of our words fall to the ground. Every time we speak, let it truly be an echo from heaven. Let it be a sound from heaven. Let it be a, re 